uh, for Maudie Thursday. There's a couple things I wanted to remind you about before we get started. Uh, we will be having a Good Friday service tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And we will have an Easter service at 10 a.m. on Easter morning. We wanted to remind you that you can also go to Facebook, our Facebook page, to look at um, announcements and videos and things that we post during the week for you. And you can also go to our webpage, Chapelwood United, or it's chapelwoodumc.org, uh, if you need to get in touch with us or if you need to see more about Chapelwood. Um, also want to remind you that during this time that Pastor Peter and Pastor Josh have uh, earnestly prayed about um, the importance of the sacraments, particularly communion, and so we will be fasting from communion until we all gather again together. And uh, if you would, I would like for you to uh, join me in prayer. Uh, so if you'd bow your heads. As the sun gives way to the moonlight, as the earth settles to a slumber on this night, we awaken to God's presence among us. Almighty God, send your Holy Spirit to be with us. Connect together our lives, even when we are physically separated, that we may find forgiveness, encouragement, and your love as we worship with you this evening. Amen. Today's reading is from the lectionary, Psalms 116, 1 and 2, and verses 12 through 19. Here are these words. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. May God bless the reading of God's holy word. Amen. I have a tiny pit in my stomach. Do you? I wonder what will be next. I sometimes worry what will come next. I wonder if the disciples have that same pit in their stomach this evening. I wonder as they gathered for the Passover whether or not they wondered what Jesus had in mind. The Passover Seder is one of the most scripted meals in religious history. 
Most Jewish boys and girls, by the time they are eight, have memorized the order and at times memorized the spoken parts of the meal. The disciples would have known what to expect on this evening of all evenings. The disciples would have known that tonight the Seder meal recreates that story of God rescuing and delivering the Israelites from slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea to the promised land. This Seder meal was a powerful part of who they were and what they would become. But here, the disciples are going to a borrowed room to have a borrowed meal. And even if they wouldn't say it out loud, they knew that they were all on borrowed time. The disciples knew what to expect. They anticipated the meal. But during the meal, something different happened. During the meal, Jesus got up from the table. He took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. This was not anticipated. This was not expected. Traditionally, the task of washing the feet of guests was a matter of uh, children or slaves that for the washing of feet, it happened at the beginning of the meal. It wouldn't have happened in the middle of the meal. Washing guests' feet is not a ceremonial action, but it is a functional action. Those who have gathered, those who have traveled in sandals through dusty streets for hygiene reasons, and for opportunities to feel pampered, one's feet were washed. To be honest, the disciples were having a challenging moment. They knew Jesus as rabbi and teacher and leader. They did not know Jesus as servant. I have to say that I have felt some concern at my own anticipations. You know, in the midst of my return from sabbatical back into pastoral ministry, I have been excited to come back. For three months, I have prayed and studied scripture. I have worked on my self-care. As the weeks flowed by, I became excited to return to my role as senior pastor. But about two weeks out, the world seemed to go sideways and upside down. Returning uh, to Chapelwood uh, wasn't going to be an option just yet. Instead, I'd return to Zoom meetings and uh, conference calls and Facebook Live worship. In so many ways, I was that young junior high football player 
a B-string player tugging on the coach's shirt tail, saying, put me in, put me in. But there was no place to be put in. Instead of a triumphant Palm Sunday, instead of a meaningful Holy Week and a powerful celebration of the resurrection, I found myself where I'd been for the last three months, in my home, wondering about what would come next. The disciples' concern can be seen in Peter's response. Peter is concerned Jesus is going to wash his feet. In the Bible, uh, in, the, in our Bible story, uh, Jesus, uh, Peter responds by saying to Jesus, you will never wash my feet, Lord. Unless I wash, Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Peter says to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. You see, G Peter understands the strangeness of the picture, the strangeness of Jesus washing Peter's feet. Peter responds by saying, don't just wash what is visibly dirty, Lord, but deep clean my whole being because I'm not worthy to be served by you. For Peter, the picture of the Seder meal had been changed, changed in such a way that it was no longer just about the story of being saved from slavery, but now it had become a story about connection with God, about forgiveness and restoration, and about the power of a servant-hearted savior. I wonder if you are like me, that you uh, have been anticipating that there might be a pit in your stomach that you have been thinking about this night, about gathering in the sanctuary, about the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. Maybe you imagined with me that you would walk to the front of our sanctuary, you would see a kind face offer you bread and say the words, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Maybe then you would see another friendly face that would offer you the cup and would say, the blood of Christ shed for you. And then you would taste that uh, dryness of the flour on the bread and the coolness and sweetness of the grape juice as you place it into your mouth together. That mixture of dry and salt and bread and juice coming together to make a moment in your mouth and in your mind and in your soul. That this is the time when Jesus agreed to meet us in communion. If you're like me, you anticipated that God would show up in a certain way, at a certain time, and have a certain effect on us. I think we spend a lot of our lives uh, putting God in a box about uh, describing exactly what God is supposed to do, about setting out the anticipation. Our prayers are less about help and guidance, but more about marching orders for how God can show up in our lives. 
And for those of you who've been praying about COVID-19 and the coronavirus, apparently our marching orders for God don't seem to be uh, attended to. Apparently our anticipation of God to work in our lives, not unlike the disciples, we are all struggling with the concerns that our anticipations could be wrong, that our expectations are going to be disappointed. But tonight I want you to know that Monday Thursday is not just about Hawaiian bread and really chilled Welch's grape juice, but there's a more important faithful takeaway from tonight. When Jesus stood up from the table, he took the role of a servant. On that Passover night, Jesus crystallizes for us the purpose and meaning of what the church should be doing It's not just about right order or about right thinking. I know for some of us, just the idea of Facebook live worship puts us in a strange place. Where is the creed? Where where is the gathering time? Will we ever sing together again? But the church is not just about right thinking and right order. The church is about a servant-hearted nature of a God who serves us and calls us to do the same. Paul writes to his letter to the church in Philippi about this night. Some say that he composed a song that was sung in early church worship. There in chapter two of Philippians, uh, verses five through eight, Paul writes, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Those are powerful words for a people looking for how to participate. There are powerful words for uh, a country and a world in isolation. It would be easy for us to say that this year, Easter and Holy Week don't count. We could take up the talking points of some media-hungry, attention-seeking pastors of churches of all size that have declared that it isn't Easter unless we are together in worship, together. I think it's important for us to remember what Easter is about, what our worship is about. It is not about doing it a particular way or at a particular time. I'd be willing to say that it isn't worth celebrating Easter unless we celebrate it as the people who follow the one who served others. That isn't worth getting out all the Easter lilies and the cantata music and all of the pomp and circumstance if we are not people who are marked by the one who emptied himself, humbled himself, and became obedient even to the point of death for us. 
during this season of social distancing and quarantine living, our lives and our communities are filled with images of those who are caring for others, those who are emptying themselves out, those who are serving the most vulnerable. You can see it in the pictures of doctors and nurses who are putting their lives at risk in hospitals, ERs, and field hospitals. Not to mention that there are some of us who are caring for others in very beautiful, compassionate, and sometimes heroic ways where they step out and ask their neighbors how they might be cared for. They get groceries, they serve each other, they wear medical masks, they seek to love each other by serving each other. You know, what, what did I anticipate? <laughs> did I anticipate a national shutdown in response to a global pandemic? No. Did I anticipate a Maundy Thursday without bread and juice? No. But I have always anticipated, always wanted to participate, always yearned for, looked for, worked hard for, a church that would follow Jesus. Not always as the triumphal king of Palm Sunday or Easter morning, but certainly as the servant of all, a servant who calls us to lay down our life for our friends. Chapelwood, this Maundy Thursday, we may not celebrate communion. We may have anticipated God moving in a certain way. But I want to encourage you to participate in what God is already doing by serving your neighbors, by being the body of Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul, what wondrous love is this, O my soul, what wondrous love is this, that caused the Lord of bliss. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, Sinking down, sinking down, when I was sinking down, sinking down, when I was sinking down, beneath God's righteous frown. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. 
Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyous be. And through eternity I'll sing on. I'll sing on, and through eternity, I'll sing on. I want to invite you to join with me in a congregation, or uh, join with me in a prayer of confession, an assurance of pardon, and then we'll end our time of prayer by reciting together the Lord's Prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. God of self-giving love, we thank you because you have heard our voice and listened to our prayers. But Lord, we confess that we often express our gratitude in word only. Too often our thankfulness is not expressed in faithful actions. Forgive us for the moments when we've betrayed you, for the times we've turned our backs on the poor, for the times we've shunned those who scare us, for the times we've included only those who look and act like us, for the times we've forgotten our call as hopeful disciples. Forgive us for the moments when we've betrayed you. Gracious Lord, as you are headed to the cross, help us to take up our cross and love one another as you have first loved us. Hear these words of pardon. Just as the blood of a lamb protected the Israelites from death, so too does Jesus' death and resurrection protect us from the grasp of death. Friends, I proclaim to you that by the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
as we close our time of worship, I want to offer you this benediction. As you go forth as the people of God, follow the one who emptied himself, who humbled himself, and who was obedient even to death on the cross. By doing that, we'll celebrate Easter and every Sunday until he comes again. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow night as Anthony uh, Lavodi gives our uh, message for Good Friday. Good night.